Yes. It's a bit like serenading y'all. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Tinseltown Tea. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back, episode mm-hmm. 110. Ooh, Ooh, Lord. Here we are. It's giving 10,000 hours. <laughs> it's giving experts on podcasting. Yes. That's what it's giving. In the game. In the game. So, welcome to another episode of the Tinseltown Tea, where we give y'all the tea of the Tinseltown mm-hmm. from the black female writer perspective. Yep. Well, two, because mm-hmm. not all black female writers are the same. That's right. So, not a monolith. Uh, two black female writers' mm-hmm. perspectives. Mm-hmm. And we're going to jump right into it with our mm-hmm. Would You Rather, which is how we always start. Mm-hmm. So I had a tough time picking one today because yeah. I am not creative enough to it's pick okay. To make my my own, I just can't. Um, <laughs> Judith has the gift of being able to make beautiful thought-provoking would you rather's. I cannot. I use Google University. And that is fine. And they had some dark-ass motherfucking ones that was yeah, pissing me off. It's dark out here. I'm not even going to repeat like, them. What? But they were fucking weird. Ooh. And I usually like weird, but we don't like that type mm-hmm. of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically, would you rather have this trauma or that one? I'm no, like, bitch. Why are we doing Neither. this? <laughs> um, but this one's cute, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. It's cute. Okay. Um, so would you rather talk to animals or speak all human language Ooh. Which one are we doing? I feel like both of these would be absolutely Really amazing. great. Yeah. Like both these, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like there are people who can speak a lot of languages. Like they have the gift of like picking up different languages mm-hmm. and stuff. Bless your heart. So I feel like if I put my mind to it, I, I could at least pick up one or two other languages, mm-hmm. you know. To, so I would feel like there would have to be some fantastical element to talking to animals. I would. Ooh, fantastical. Yeah, like I, I feel like, like there would have to be like, I don't know, a spell or like, you know, a special like. You know, I don't know, Disney, you know, Tinkerbell <laughs> moment, right? So I'm like, you know what? So I would go and talk to animals. Um, it'd be interesting, though, because now I'm thinking, like, I don't like bugs. So I'm like, oh, it's a lot of bugs. So I might be hearing a lot of conversations. Oh, and they, I feel like Yo. bugs would have the most thoughts. Oh, my gosh. They're so damn small. Right. Yes. I feel like they would be the most annoying. Yeah. And if I hear, I'll be like, dang, man, now I feel guilty for killing that fly or whatever. Like, <laughs> after I heard his story. Right? Corey's like, I don't care. <laughs> She's like, I do not care. <laughs> you out of here. <laughs> Talking or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell your cousins to come find me. Okay. They know where I stay. Oh. I'm ready for them too. <laughs> <laughs> you outside with the pest control man. Right. Like, they said it was coming around this time. Just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Unless it was a coup. Okay. And they told me the wrong time and they're going to attack you. Oh, now I'm thinking too much into it. You know what? It's doing too much. Oh, but gang. But yeah, I, I think talking to animals will be cool because, yeah, we're destroying the earth and I'm sure they would read us to filth right. as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there'd be a way to broker a piece or. Ooh, broker. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, it might be a problem, but like, I don't know if we could like garner all the black animals during like protests and be like, just have bears in front of us protecting us. Like, nah, they with us. Yeah. <laughs> like, they with us. You want us? You got to go through them. Right. All the black dogs and cats also. <laughs> like, all rights are also. Cross my path, bitch. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I'm like, it'd be over. <laughs> it would be really over. Mm-hmm. what about you yeah i would do the aminals yeah the aminals yeah. i got to do them because yeah. you know speaking all human languages that feels useful yeah it does it feels useful it does but i don't give a fuck <laughs> about useful I don't like that, that feels very useful yeah like you know i mm-hmm. feel like someone who could speak all human languages would do a lot in life and yeah. be very successful yeah but I don't give a fuck about it. I'm trying to talk to the animals. I'm trying to hear what this motherfucking worm got to say. Okay. <laughs> so wormy worm, friend. Can I call you Smiley? Right. <laughs> friend. <laughs> tell me something about the earth. What that uh, What that soil do. You know, I'm trying to learn. So yeah, I feel like that would be more fun. Yeah. Like my life would be more fun if I could talk to animals. Yeah, awesome Doctor Doolittle. Is that what Doctor Doolittle was about? He yeah, talk to okay. I thought he. Well, it, I think he had like a special. He didn't like. I think he had a special language with them, but it wasn't oh, okay. like it was I'm just. Like, he, I can't remember. It's almost like he would. Oh yes, and like just talk back to yeah. him. I think. Oh 
yeah, girl. Yeah. For real. I agree, girl. <laughs> He's talking to a damn cow. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. this is very off topic, but so some lady I used to work with, mm-hmm. she had a farm when she used to live here. So oh, she she well. worked here. She was a designer for mm-hmm. denim and she had a farm out a little bit ways out, like an hour out from here. Mm-hmm. And she had a donkey. Oh, wow. She used to get donkeys. And one donkey that she got was just a terror. Oh, no. It was an absolute terror. It f- would fight, kick. It used to fuck all them up. It used to fuck the house up. Oh, my God. And she was like, what am I going to do with this donkey? <laughs> like, I can't get this ass together. <laughs> get it? Yep. I can't get his ass together. <laughs> Solid, that was good. Um, that was good. And so she got an animal whisperer lady. Mm. And the animal whisperer lady told her the donkey's real name because the animal what? whisperer actually whisper and you know communicate with the donkey and the donkey said they're calling me by the wrong name he was mad he was turned <laughs> wait, wait 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 okay so was she like a you know how they have like animal psychic she didn't explain if they actually if she was actually speaking or she just went by the animal and they had words but the donkey's name was like, dang, I forgot his name. It was a funny name. But so his actual funny. name was something that they were not calling him. And he was mad about that. That is a petty donkey. <laughs> and like, so y'all ain't gonna they keep started calling him by his real name. And he was acting better. Oh, my God. But yeah, he had a whole life story and shit. But the main Yo. issue was that they wasn't calling him by his name. He's he like, said, call me by my name. He said, y'all gonna keep fucking around. Yeah. Y'all yeah. gonna. It's. Rufus Cleophus Brown. And that's the last motherfucking time. I will tear this whole motherfucker up. Right. And you showing up to I'm gonna burn this shit to the ground. (laughs) You don't call me by my goddamn name. (laughs) The whisperer said that he was upset because they was not calling him by his name. And once once they figured out his name, they were like, he was was fine. He was fine. (laughs) I love this. So yeah. I love that donkey. I want to visit this. Right. I was like, now tell me. Well, she moved to North Carolina, so I don't know if the donkeys moved with her. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Whatever his name is, I forgot. That is He said, That's not my name. (laughs) Okay. That's not my name. (laughs) They call me State. They call me Johnny. Maybe (laughs) Jolisa. He was like, No. That's not my name, bitch. And I will not uh, what who you call it? No. Right. I'm fucking shit. Up. That is a great story. I feel like that is a short film in itself. Yeah, that is a short film. I wish I could remember. Dang, like his name was something so funny. And that I was like, so I would funny. never call you this. <laughs> but it was something. I think his name was Bruno. Oh. And they were not calling him. We don't talk about <laughs> Bruno. No, no. There's a song for everything. Jeez. Um, I've sang like five songs in a span of a minute. That's a mess. Oh, but yeah. This. So that is my animal whisper story. Nice. So that would be a good gift. Yeah. An amazing tangent. I love that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Good. You're very off topic. Yes. I have, I, to, I have to tell you. Shoot. But on topic, because we, we, we want to talk to the animals. But right. Would you rather? So it makes complete sense. <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right. Well, okay. We're going to move right along to the next segment. No better, do better. Uh, this week, I, I feel like I've, I've said this in different ways, I'm sure. But it's just position yourself for your dreams, you know. So whatever that is, like, um, I think this came up because a good friend of mine, we're talking about, you know, my move to LA and, you know, how basically they're going to get to this spot so that they can go after their dreams. So mm-hmm. it's hard because depending on where you're coming from, some of us are coming um, out of grad school. Some of us are coming out of uh, undergrad, but some of us are coming from other careers. Like we're transitioning. I know me and Corey have been transitioning or it's a, a hybrid, right? You do this mm-hmm. career for to pay the bills, but then, you know, you're, you're sacrificing your time to go after your dreams, whether you're writing, whether you are um, doing a podcast, whether you are networking, like right. you're doing those things. So a lot of times we just have to do what we have to do to be in that industry. So if you need to, if you can't afford to move to LA or New York or Atlanta, wherever it is, like, you know, make sure you get on all those resources where they have the Zooms and you hear screenwriters are talking or you can network with other people or maybe you're going back to school for screenwriting. Maybe you are considering a job in one of the areas where the industry is big or whatever. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to position yourself. And a lot of times it takes a lot of sh- sacrifice, you know? Yeah. 
So if you want to go after your dreams, like consider the sacrifices. Some of us have kids that we have to consider. Some of us have Mm -hmm. families we have to consider. It's not an easy thing, but if you want to go after your dreams, whatever, whatever part of the industry it is, you have to sort of position yourself in a way, whether you're, you know, trying to get into an agency or if you're trying to, you know what I mean? Work on your standup, work on your right, whatever that is make sure you're working to position yourself and keep going right that's the mm-hmm. that's another hard part particularly if you don't have certain resources if you don't have certain access you have to get creative and find ways to you know get in those positions even if it's super super hard sometimes it's fellowships sometimes it's those uh writing workshops whatever it may be but do what you got to do to get yourself in a position to either be a writer or an agent whatever you want to do in the industry but like don't be afraid to go to the places where you can actually live out your dream instead of staying locked up wherever you are Mm -hmm. and being insular and isolated and just thinking about it and not really doing what you need to do to get to that spot. So, yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, this could be bad advice, but fuck it. Mm. Take some damn risks. Yeah. Some people might say that's bad advice, but I think that it's wonderful advice. Take some damn risks. Do some shit that scares you. Yep. Do some shit. You don't know how you're going to do it, but just do Do it. Do it. Yeah. Sometimes we be so like, I need to figure out every single step of how I can do this. Bitch, just do it. Yeah. And guess who's going to figure out the how? God. (laughs) Come on, God. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Guess who's going to figure out the how? Come on. God. So take some risks. Yeah. Like if you are not taking risks, then you're not living. You should be scared. Yeah. You should definitely be scared. Yeah. If you're like never, ever scared, then you're just, you're just kind of coasted on autopilot. So if you're too comfortable for Mm -hmm. sure, (laughs) for sure. You just, we can't be comfortable all the time, guys. Yeah. Especially you want to be in this industry. You got to take some risks, child. Yeah. And that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would say, I mean, some people say this is bad advice, but mm-hmm. just move somewhere. Yeah. If you don't, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Guess what? People figure it out all the time. Yep. You sure do. Yes. You'll, you'll get somewhere and you're like, I don't know how this going to work. A year from, a year from yep. now, you'll be like, well, damn. Yep. Shit worked out. Yep. So. Yeah. No, yeah. I completely agree with Corey. And if you're like me who wants to have a plan for a backup plan, do what you got to do to do that. You know, make the plans, but execute. <laughs> like, you know, so don't let, for me, I'll be like, oh, I'm just planning for 10 years, just plan. No, if you're going to give yourself a deadline, plan, but then go. <laughs> you know? And then if the plan doesn't go as according, because it never does. It never does. Be okay with that. Yeah. And roll. Yep. You got to be flexible. With the goddamn punches. Yes. Flexibility is. Be flexible. Woo. Woo. <laughs> yeah. As a Virgo, I hate that word, but. It is true. You got to be able to bend and stretch, child. But you won't break. You won't yeah. break. But you, yes. But you won't break. Because <laughs> guess who got your back? God. Come on. <laughs> Come on. We going to church. We talk about the animal. It's great. <laughs> do, 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 do. You can do it. Yes. You can okay. do it. Yeah. Like friends. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Life is too short to not take some risks Honestly. and do some shit that is scary yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. Because that shit always pays off. Yep. And always does. I mean, don't want to get gloomy, but tomorrow's not promised for anybody. It isn't. <laughs> it's really not. So if you have it dreams, ain't. go after them while you have the time and the space to do it. Right. I'm telling y'all, it just seems like shit always works out. And I can't, I can only speak for myself, but yeah. I feel like I hear this from everybody. Yeah. Shit always works out. Yeah. It does. It does. And you may not see it in the moment. Yeah. But just just have some faith. That's all it is. Yeah. It's faith. Yeah. And it's okay if it didn't look like the way you thought it would. Exactly. Yeah. That's another thing. I think Ooh. we're too married to how we want things to be. And yep. you just got to surrender. Amen. Now we're getting whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting whimsical. Okay. Love it, though. It's I yeah. our man. I shade our man. We'll mm-hmm. leave it there because mm-hmm. that was beautiful. Yes. So we'll go right into our news. Let's Everything go. is always from Shadow and Act because mm-hmm. they love to report about black folks' news in the industry, which is what we care about. Um, and we love that for mm-hmm. them. And we love that for us, too. Yeah. So first one is Itch Soba and Tilda Swinton uh, team up in the Wild and Zany trailer for 3,000 Years of Longing. Mm-hmm. Judith and I both watched it before recording, and it was interesting. Yeah, super interesting. It uh, It's by MGM. And it is very much a wild trailer. Yes. It's a fantasy drama film directed by George Miller, which they kept saying from the crazy mind of George Miller. I know. I, I'm, I'm like, who? Forgive me. I'm not. I didn't know 
I need. I guess I need to know more of his stuff. But. Let me see. It's giving. He's probably Mad Max. Yep. Oh, uh, look at. Come on. Right. Okay. He was Mad Max. Wow. Because I'm like, I don't know why I thought George Miller, and then I thought crazy. I'm like, it's giving Mad Max. Came in my mind. There you go. Okay. So Perfect. Mad Max, nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how black people call you right, nigga. Facts. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, bad things, y'all. Mm-mm. I don't care. Um, but it's directed by George Miller, written by George Miller mm-hmm. and Augusta. I love that name. Yeah, Gore. It's, name. it's based upon the short story. Mm, I'm peeing. The Dejan in the Nightingale's Eye oh. by A.S. Bayat. They love IP, child. They love IP. How many times we got to tell y'all IP before y'all get the picture? All right. And this is a short story. Mm-hmm. It's not no big, long, you know. Mm-hmm. So the official description is Dr. Alethea. Alethea. Oh, Benny, played by Miss Swinton, is an academic content with life and a creature of reason. I don't right. know why I'm talking like that. <laughs> While in Istanbul attending a conference, she happens to encounter a, a Dijin? Is that how you oh. say it? Maybe, maybe it's a Jin. Maybe the D is silent. A Jin. That sounds better. Yeah. Idris Elba, who's played by Idris Elba, who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. This, okay, so he offers her three wishes Dang. in exchange for his freedom. How does that work? Okay. This presents two problems. First, she doubts that he is real. And second, because she is a scholar of story and mythology, she knows all the cautionary tales of wishes gone wrong. Okay. The djinn pleads his case by telling her fantastical stories of his past. Eventually, she is beguiled and makes a wish that surprises them both. Yeah. So that tells me nothing. Truly. But a, a djinn is, well, this is according to Google. It was a quick Google search. So a djinn is a certain type of spirit in Islam similar to an angel. Many Muslims believe that a djinn can take the form of an animal or a human. Another definition is a djinn also rom, uh, romanced. Sorry, I can't read today. Forgive me. <laughs> but basically, another word for djinn is a genie. So um, mm. yeah. I was about to be disrespectful and say gin and juice. <laughs> Well, Sorry. maybe that is a type of genie, um, but you know, but yeah, so, ba- but it is uh, based as Islamic and Arabic uh, religious, uh, like mythology. Sorry, y'all. Mm-hmm. I did not have to take the gin and juice, but my mind. Hey. Um, okay. Yeah. But the trailer told me nothing, to be honest. <laughs> True. I was like, I don't know what the hell this is about. And the official description told me nothing too. Yeah. But it looks wild. Yeah. There's a lot of like, uh, like you said, fantastical elements in it. Like a lot of magic, a lot mm-hmm. of different creatures that will be mm-hmm. a part of it. So check out the trailer, y'all. Yeah. Check out the trailer. I don't know if I'm going to see it. Yeah. But there's some big names like Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba are huge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's something different from Idris for sure. Yeah. I've never seen him in something like this. So yeah. it's always exciting for me to see the range yeah which we know he has Truly. he's been in a bunch of different stuff yeah. he's never done anything like this i think he's been like in two back-to-back westerns we mm-hmm. saw him in the um how do they fall? how do they fall and the one about philadelphia the uh, oh concrete cowboys yes. that was like a urban urban cowboy urban that one was yeah. great oh, yeah god that was so good i need to yeah. watch that yeah it was a really good movie but um Never seen anything like this. So mm-hmm. exciting. I might see Super it for exciting. him, but mm-hmm. I don't know what I would consume watching something like that. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you, yeah. Know, you can consume certain things by watching. It's true. Although, <laughs> if I do see it, I might I might be high because the yeah. I think it might be like a fun experience. Or okay. You've convinced me. Let's yeah. <laughs> We will be fine. Yep. Twisted my arm, why don't you? <laughs> Yeah, let's get high and watch that. Yeah, that seems cool. Yeah, I might like it then. Yeah, I might vibe with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mystery solved. <laughs> Next one is oh, Jesus. Um, we're talking about the Buffalo shooting, which I'm not even going to talk about Oof. what happened because too much. We already know. Yeah, we already know. And if you was, don't know, Google. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just ugh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wiki. Whoop, I yep. can't. I can't read either. Right. It's all good. Whoopee. Sorry, okay. girl. The E got herself. Right. Okay. Sorry, girl. The E got legend. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes in on Republicans on The View for opposing Bill in light of Buffalo shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took Republicans to task. Mm-hmm. That's what the article said. I like that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I like that. We use that. Yeah. On The View Thursday after many voted against a bill that would aim to curb domestic terrorism after the recent mass shooting why would you vote against that well and I that's mean, why y'all got red <laughs> and that's why 
Y'all got to have fucking nerves. Truly. Um, Truly. So she went after the cohort of conservative politicians after Mm -hmm. all, but one Republican representative opposed the bill. Y'all so damn silly and stupid. Very dumb. Um, Very stupid. I ain't got to read. Y'all stupid. Like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So she, according to Decider, she asked, when did Washington really get to be a place where stopping domestic terrorism is divisive? Like, the fuck? Yeah. Then describe Republicans as domestic terrorists, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. themselves after voting against the bill. Y'all are stupid. Dumb. She explained her outrage in detail, saying the bill was put together to take care of targeted folks, uh, Asians, Jews, women, and blacks. And Republicans just said, no, no, we're going to create this bill. We're going to put it forth. We're going to get people to say to it, and then we're going to vote it down. So when you're thinking about what direction you're going in, just know where you're being protected and how you're not being protected. Mm-hmm. Girl, we ain't never protected. Facts. And never gonna be. Um, this is a simple thing sad. to do. Everyone could have done this. It was very simple. It, you um, vote. That's your job to vote. Just. So co-host Sunny mm-hmm. Hostin, I don't know who that is, but she joined mm-hmm. in pointing out the hypocrisies of the Republican Party. She said mm-hmm. there's no way that the Republican Party, especially those in the extreme right wing, are mm-hmm. going to vote for this bill because it exposes the party for what it is. The party of insurrectionists. Mm-hmm. The party that welcomes white supremacists under its tent. And that is what changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Goldberg, whoopee, mm-hmm. what the hell, thought everyone... <laughs> <laughs> thought everybody was against white. She said, I thought everyone was against white supremacy. Girl, you know better. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what everyone, everybody said they were. Girl, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, well. She knows better. Um, but it's nice that she was helpful yeah. like that. Um, and then, so yeah, the rest yeah. is about them reading these niggas to filth as they should. As they should. It's gross and disgusting yeah. and hate every single one of them. Yeah. And kiss my black ass. Yeah, I agree with that. We've been doing this over. It's just like deja vu. Every time one of these things happen, it's just like thoughts and prayers. Nobody does anything or there's a bill presented. Nobody votes right. for it. It's just, it's like it. It's just it's 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 unfortunate and it's sad. <laughs> so mm-hmm. hopefully there'll be something done. But the way we act every time it happens, it's like rinse and repeat. And that's that's right. the awful thing. Right. It's just y'all just. Y'all so stupid. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next one. Oh my God. So I didn't even tell you, girl. I met Ava, Ava DuVernay. Ah, that's a so few cool. weeks ago. Where'd you meet her? At Soulful of Noise. Work. So she came to Soulful of Noise. Work. And one of my friends had pointed her out and she was like, girl, Ava DuVernay's here. Oh and my. I was like, oh. <laughs> yes. So then I told Alicia and then so we stalked her. She was, she was <laughs> As, shopping. Yep. Mm-hmm. Getting stuff from a vendor. And then she was only there for five minutes. She bought something and she walked out. And mm-hmm. so they chased it down. I'm like, I'm not finna chase nobody. Yeah, I'm black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People got security now, so we're not trying to be. Right. And <laughs> I'm not running after no one. I value my mm-mm, life. Mm-mm. Um, and that's sad that black folks can't even run freely and that. without feeling scared. Mm-hmm. That's another, ooh, that's another ooh, topic. Child. But anyways, they chased her down. Wow. And we were like, girl, we love you. <laughs> Love you so much. Oh and she my was the god, that is so so good. sweet. And we took a picture. Oh, oh so my god! Cute. Now I have to show you. Oh my gosh. So yeah, go to Soulful Noise, yes. guys. You never know who might be there. We should post. Can we? Is it okay if we post this? Yes. Right. Yes. She was the so sweetest. cute. Oh, she looks so happy in this photo. It's like pure black girl yeah, joy. It was pure black girl oh, joy. Oh, that is beautiful. She's the nicest. Look very, at everybody's rolling and popping. Yeah, she's very beautiful. Everyone was like, because a few other people yeah, had she noticed is. her. And they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. I'd be done with it. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. Very beautiful Yes, in yes, Just yes. radiant. Uh, it's, it's her energy. Yeah. Aura yeah. is very important. And when you yeah. have a good aura, you will always be glowing and And successful. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's that too. <laughs> so if you have good energy, you will always be glowing and gorgeous. Oh, that is so cute. We'll yeah. post a picture, guys. It's yeah. so cute. She's so sweet. For oh, so cute. Um, but yeah, I said all that because I just saw her picture on this next article. Mm-hmm. So Stars has an untitled romantic drama Ooh. from Ava mm-hmm. starring Lauren Ridloff. Oh, and Joshua Jackson. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, from Dawson's Creek age. That's now. where you're from. I'm mm-hmm. like, I was going to say one tree hill <laughs> you know what? and that's close but yes but okay. yeah it's it was the same network but different i don't even know what's the difference in the show <laughs> and it's joshua 
It's just Joshua. It's just Mr. J. Okay. Someone used a creek. Someone was like, let's a tree hill. Sure. <laughs> do, do, do. Which one is that from? <laughs> I don't want to wait. I think it was uh, um, uh, Dawson's Creek. Okay. I think okay. that was, yeah. Yeah. Got it. So oh, he was in God. that. That's where I know him. Yes. That's where I know him from. Sound of the late 90s. That damn song. <laughs> Oh, now it's going stuck in my one? head. Yeah. It was that oh. one and then in the arms of an angel. And like, oh, now, Jesus. Like, yeah. <sighs> okay. But Jackson, Jackson is in this. Yes. And it already has a script commitment for mm-hmm. three seasons. Whoa. Yep. Upon an official green light consisting of 18 episodes total. Nice. So the news was announced at the company's Take the Lead Summit. Um, What companies? Oh, Stars. I guess Stars. Oh, okay. 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 okay yeah. So Queen Sugar alum Kat Cand- Candler. Okay. I can't read. It's okay. We'll write right. the first episode and serve as a EP and showrunner Paul Garns. Who okay. Also EP. Congrats so the to series them. follows two polar opposites to become intertwined in a love affair. Okay. That turns the world and those of everyone around them upside down. Oh, this sounds like love it's, drama. Yeah, it's too much for me. I know, like, oh God, um, Jesus. That's so, why I love a romantic comedy, though. Yeah, I can't do like, romantic oh. dramas because, like, this is too. Yeah. I can do this in real life if I wanted Ugh. to. Um, so the description is the half hour <laughs> drama. If I wanted to, the half hour drama will chronicle what it takes to fall and stay in a radical, rebellious love. Oh, oh, is this like class well, of rebellion? Okay, this one black, one white. So yeah. one person is ambitious while the other is restless. One is ready to commit while the other debates the merits of relationships. One is black and one is white. Called it. Okay. And one is dead. Ooh, I like this. Okay. This. Okay. Yes. Now this. you got me. Okay. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Ooh, and one is not. yes. That's cool. Oh, interesting. Yes. Okay, watching. Okay. Though wildly different, the two are emotionally and physically drawn to each other despite personal expectations and public assumptions. Their attraction passionately, passionately Ooh. disrupts notions of race, gender, class, physical ability, and normative culture, elevating to true love that surpasses difference. Yeah, I like that part. Because we've seen black and white. We're like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's why I thought it was going to be, because I saw yeah. a white nigga and a black Yeah, person. right. But um, when we're talking about abilities, like physical ability, like yeah, that's... Now, now we're really like, doing okay, something let's go. different. So there's nothing like this series on TV, and we are thrilled to be in development with Ava, a trailblazer, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, mm-hmm. an unparalleled champion of diversity, yep. said Catherine Bushby. Mm-hmm. The president of original programming at Stars. Okay. Um, Big time. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ava will oversee the writing for the series through Array Filmworks mm-hmm. and its overall deal with Warner Bros. Mm. TV. Nice. I like it. I love it. Like it. At first I was going to be like, uh. Yeah. Stars. But then I like it. Yeah. I mean, I already, damn, I got too many subscriptions. It'd be the one shows. I'd be like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but P Valley is on stars, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And so is Around the World, I think. Yes, I think you're no, right. No. Oh, wait, right? is that Showtime? I think you're right. Okay, I, I think you're it. right. Okay, I don't like giving y'all bad information. It's okay. Yeah, we'll look it up real quick, but I will come for a show. <laughs> they stars. will get me. Yeah, you see? Correct. So, yeah, so now I'm like, okay, just build up more programming yeah i feel like you just have all of them and i will continue oh my, my rant about how it should just it's all be in one many, yeah you should just pay like you pay a for bundle. freaking cable yeah you pay for cable to get all the channels together right yeah you pay one fee to get all the channels why can't we pay one fee to get all the streamers hey. please <laughs> what a concept what a concept it <sighs> sounds exactly like cable but like, i don't know shit right um because then yeah because now i have to get stars too yeah and it's like friend let me get it though um <laughs> so last one nicholas pinnock yes. to play muhammad Ali in biographical film a god amongst men he's Ooh. had a few yeah but i always enjoy a muhammad ali mm-hmm. movie yeah i love him um for okay so he was in for life and also top boy mm-hmm. and he's set to portray muhammad ali in a god amongst men Mm. Um, according to Variety, the biographical film will reportedly chronicle the heavyweight boxing champion's 1977 <laughs> visit to Tyneside, UK. And um, so he stars in the film opposite Christopher Eccleston. Eccleston. Yeah. Um, so, and then they talk about how Muhammad has been portrayed, obviously, in other films, mm-hmm. but pre-production for the film will start in August. The film is directed by James Newton, who co-writes alongside Ian Skelton. Mm. So it's based upon the true story of how one man, Johnny Walker, outrageously claimed 
that he would bring Muhammad Ali to Tyneside in 1977 to save a boxing club from closure. Mm. Um, and Johnny was instantly ridiculed and he became a laughing stock. But Johnny didn't give up on his dream. He found the people to help make the impossible possible. That's amazing. That's okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So it's uh, produced by Adam Rolston and David Braithwaite. These names are oh, interesting yeah. today for studio pictures and it's expected to wrap filming by the end of the year. His, okay. um, I don't know why I can't say, but, uh, Braithwaite, is that married to, um, the other Braithwaite who did the oh loving, loving basketball? No, she's by, that's Bythewood. Okay, good. Oh, Lord, forgive me. It's my auntie brain <laughs> acting up. That is Gina Prince Bythewood. Okay, good. I was like, is that her husband out here? Ooh, yeah. David Braithwaite. Oh yeah, he's a white man. Okay, I think. Well, Child, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> Mystery assume. solved. <laughs> Crack the case. I just said he's a white man, child. <laughs> I don't even. Know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds makes right. sense. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the end of our news segment. We're yes. gonna take a little quickie, quick break and be back for our main segment, full of whimsical education and wonder. Yes, ma'am. Hey, y'all, we back. Main segment time, baby. Yes, yes. yes. All right. So because I know y'all be reading um, titles and descriptions. So Mm -hmm. this week we're going to do an educational one. Um, We go to a wonderful source most of the time for our articles that give us really good resources, advice, like in screenwriting. Uh, Shout out to Screencraft, one of our favorite authors there, Ken Miyamoto. Mm -hmm. We love you. Uh, You're a legend and a god. Um, We stand. We stand. (laughs) But this week we have a new writer. Um, with a new article that we're checking out, um, all the articles and um, the things that we read here, we make sure in our description, you can see the link so you can go there yourself and find it. But it's by Alex Edge. Um, and if you get a chance, look at Alex's picture. He's very fine. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. Shout out to you, Alex. You are very fine. V fine. V fine. Um, <laughs> and he's the author, but he's doing big things. Like he's worked for companies like MTV, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central. So he has a lot of um, expertise under his belt. And that's why um, he wrote this article entitled, let me get back to the top, the best pitching advice from screenwriting Twitter. Okay. So for those of us okay. who are familiar with black Twitter, we know there are different versions of Twitter where uh, the communities come together and either proceed to drag or uplift or share information. Mostly drag. Yep. Black Twitter is very good at that, which again, I would never want to be in a battle with black Twitter because it would always win. Mm-hmm. So I always, it's like almost like the beehive in a very, <laughs> very intellectual and Jesus. terrifying the way. Beehive. Woo. I'm not even going to say nothing When they assemble, because... my God. I'm not even going to say nothing about y'all. No. Y'all finna I love address. y'all. I, I was watching um, Homecoming the other day just for random inspiration, <laughs> honestly, because Beyonce, duh, right. um, the queen. But yeah, so um, basically the whole crux of this article is that um, he went through screenwriting Twitter and basically saw some advice that a lot of uh, screenwriters were giving regarding pitching. And um, if you don't know, within this industry, pitching is where you sell your idea, your story, your uh, film, uh, television show, whatever it is, you sell that to a potential buyer or even to someone who may be um, advising you on it, basically. Um, And there's formal ways and there's informal ways to pitch Um, And we're going to go through some of those ways right now. But basically, these are going to be best tips on how to make sure your pitch is solid um, and it is in the best position to actually be bought, potentially sold, potentially put forward or made um, within the industry. So let's get into it. So first, screenwriting Twitter is full of drama and bickering, according to Alex, (laughs) a lot of the time. But it's also what I've seen. Well, yes. (laughs) And that sounds like Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. Chad. You be fighting. Whew. It's oh my God. Um, but it also it's also full of really uh quite lovely experienced pros offering free advice to aspiring screenwriters. Um so basically through this article, they've gathered gathered a bunch of tweets and threads that um really give budding writers a great understanding of what to prepare for so that they can make pitching their superpower. So um 
it's often good to get pitching advice because not everybody is a natural pitcher, right? Not everyone is a natural Mm -hmm. seller. Some of us are really good at coming up with ideas, right? Some of us are really good at structure and putting the story together. Mm -hmm. Some of us are really good at character building, right? Some of us are, you know, you have to develop all, you know, all of those, all of those powers to make a really good story. And one of the things that a lot of writers, because I, I don't know if I haven't looked at the you know, the data, but it's been said that a lot of writers can be introverted are shy, don't really like to like pitch their stories. Right. Or even if, you know, a lot of people who do love to tell their stories, maybe they don't do it well. Right. Like sometimes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fine balance of not being afraid or doing it while you're afraid to share your story. And also Mm -hmm. like trying to get people interested in your story, even though you think it's, it might be the best idea in the world. They just be like, meh. Yeah, it was okay. So um, through this article, they gathered some advice. So the first thing they go through here is make your story interesting to others, which feels like a, a duh, that's the whole point of pitching. But a lot of times when we are in our own worlds, creating our stories, we, we can think like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like, of course, when I share this, like someone's going to be totally interested in the world of right. uh, glass blowing. Duh. <laughs> it's like, well. and someone is. Yeah. And, and that part. Yes, they are. But <laughs> so basically, basically, how do you get your story interesting and like you know, some tips to remedy passion blindness, right? You're so passionate about it that you mm-hmm. can't see anything beyond that. So here are some advice that Alex gives us. It says, let other people read your work, then ask for their opinion on the concept, which can be very hard for a lot of people because we're precious about our work, but it's important to like get feedback and understanding from people that you trust and people you might not, you know, who might not know your particular topic. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, um, Yeah, that's why like getting in groups are good. That's how me and Corey met. She started a a screenwriters group. I went there and we've been, you know, connected ever since, friends since. So it helps to share and get an understanding of how people see your work as opposed to you only seeing your work. Mm -hmm. Um, The other um, point that Alex points out is make sure your story is relatable. Build off of emotions that we all go through and can relate to, right? So even if it's set in a different world, there's still like the core emotion that pushes your story forward. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? A lot of times we, even like just the Disney stories, like even like Cinderella, like honestly it was about Cinderella getting over the grief and the loss of her father and then trying to find her Mm -hmm. way in a new family, right? But for us, we see the glass slipper and the love of it all. It's like, well, how, how can we relate to something like that when it's so fantastical, but the core is her pushing through her grief and trying to maneuver to get to another family that appreciated her right Right. so it's a lot it's 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 always trying to put some relatability in there even if people don't know the world you can still connect with them Mm -hmm. on a human level basically um so the next point um assess your story to see if you have a unique fresh or interesting topic are you approaching a topic differently from the stories that are currently on the market, right? We just had a great example with the project that Ava DuVernay is putting out with stars, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. While we read it, we were we were searching. We were like, okay, how does this make this, you know, this love drama different? And the moment they said one person is deaf and the other person is not, we were in because we yes, haven't ma'am. seen anything like that. We mm-hmm. haven't seen a lot of that perspective. I think just recently we saw the movie get best supporting actor. Uh, I forget, but it was about this deaf family. It was so Coda Coda. It just recently won. It's a good, it's a good movie. Check it out. Um, I think it was forgotten about because everybody was uh, reeling about how uh, the slap heard around the world. But during that time, Coda won uh, particularly for a uh, best supporting actor. And it was a great movie. And uh, you know, yeah. So check it out. Um, and it's a different perspective that we're seeing. I know Master of None also did a, I think a vignette or an episode where it was, uh, we followed a deaf actor and like it was all silent and you had to read what they were talking oh, about. It was really right. cool. Um, so there's different perspectives that we can take and that is something that will get people interested when you're pitching. What makes mm-hmm. this story unique and different to get it sold? Um so yeah, and one tweet that was gathered by at Andy Compton is a screenwriting tip. When pitching a project, try to make them like the stuff you're saying, which is like, again, duh, but not as, it's easier 
tweeted than yeah. done. You know, <laughs> it's like definitely tweeted than than done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah. And then so the next thing they say, make your pitch interesting to others. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. But basically, this is like, you know, when you're selling a story, you're also selling the writer behind the story. Right. Mm -hmm. So you not only do you have to get them interested in the story that you're writing, but you're kind of selling yourself at the same time. Um, He explains the psychological effect called the halo effect. And basically, it's the idea that people will have a positive outlook on what you have to say based on what they think of you, right? So mm-hmm. if they think you're like, oh, a good person, like if they think you're an asshole, they're going to be like, mm, this story is probably going to be some bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't want to watch it. Even though it could be a good story and they mm-hmm. just don't like your attitude or whatever it may be or whatever that perspective. But if, if you're a person that like is likable or jovial, and like, oh, okay, like maybe, maybe this will be good, right? So a pitch is a time to be, is the time to be very well-prepared, well-spoken, yes. interesting, friendly, and passionate. If they initially perceive you as intelligent, interesting, and unique, they will be more inclined to invest in you and your story. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's almost like an interview process too. Like the more you talk about yourself, the more you are showing the kind of assets you bring to the table, right. the more and they would want to work. Tell the story. Yes, and you alone can, you know, because there's so many stories, so many um, perspectives, but mm-hmm. what makes it unique that it's coming from you that they would want to work from you uh, or work with you I should say so here's some tips that um, he gave Alex gave to us one be prepared know what you're going to say and how you're going to say it so be prepared be prepared be prepared bring your passion into the pitch explain to them why you are excited about about it and why others will be too be as passionate as Tarantino reading his script to Robert Rodriguez. So he has a link to that. I, I don't know what that means, but go ahead. I'm sure Tarantino is very passionate. So Okay. Okay. Um, and be an enigma, charming, cordial, and intelligent. If they think you're all those things, they are a lot more likely to trust what you have to say. So... You know, people want to work with people that will be fun, right? Nobody wants mm-hmm. to be like, hmm, who's going to make my life harder? And who am I going to hate? Let's work right. with that person. Like, like who's going to get on my nerves? Yeah, that's who I want to work with, especially invest dollars into. Whew. It's like, no. I love that for us. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And a lot, you know, and a lot of times, like, even if you are all those things, there are other factors, too, that could you know, hold someone back from trying to get your project. Maybe it feels similar mm-hmm. to something they're already investing in. Maybe, you know, they their budgets are cut back so they can't, you know what I mean? There's a whole bunch of things. But the more that you sell yourself and your story, the more you'll have a chance of really getting your project sold, really getting your project made, mm-hmm. depending on how you do it, you know? And you can always do it yourself because sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to do it your goddamn self, okay? Right. So, um... A tweet from at this is Kaya from Kaya Alexander. She said three. The first thing you are, you're often pitching is getting the buyer to read you, whether that's a query, an email or an in the room pitch. You have to fascinate them and compel them to read. If they send it okay. out for coverage, you may be doomed. So ask them to read it themselves. Hmm. So I think with coverage, um, from what I remember when I was uh, intern at a production company, what they do is they ask basically like the interns or whoever's working with them to read it, give them a summary. So they said so basically they don't have to read it and you can just give it to them. So sometimes depending on who's reading it, they can be like, oh, this is great. We should really invest in it. Here's why. And it, sometimes it could be like, this is le poo-poo. Let's throw this in the trash. Don't waste your time. So the reason why I think, um, you know, Kyle's like, hey, make sure they read it themselves that you may get a better, um, uh, you might, it's less uh, gatekeepers to go through if you go straight mm-hmm. to the source, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do that, then you gotta be, you gotta make sure your shit is good. <laughs> like you gotta make sure your shit don't 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 send them no night, you know, something that ain't good now. So right. you gotta really believe yeah, in it if you're gonna do it. Um, so yeah. So then another piece of advice that will help with their pitching um, that Alex points to is get to the emotional core of your story. So I think this is 
super important. So behind every great story, there's an emotional core and finding that core is essential if you want to connect with production executives and audiences alike. Is your protagonist Mm. going through the motions of the story for nothing or do they learn something about themselves on the hero's journey? What is it that drives your story? What's the exact dynamic that people will connect with? Once you have those ans- once you have answers to those questions, make sure to highlight this and focus on it. This is effectively why you're telling your story. It's it's what will give your story depth and separate it from being just entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why, I mean, you know, this I feel like a lot of the Disney movies do this very well. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll watch this little, this little animation and I am tears crying, singing the song. I'm like, why am I in tears about this antelope in this relationship with this hippo? <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel seen. I am the hippo in this story. So yeah, it's because <laughs> they, they get to the emotional core. Mm, they sure find they, and they find a way. There's always a lesson learned. There's always good music. And there is always, and it's always something that they really want to broaden their audience, even though they do specific stories like Encanto mm. and, you know, all the, well, Encanto was, was very good. Check it out, please. But it's so good. But like they get to the heart of the thing. And that's right. why a lot of the stories are timeless. I mean, Lion King, my God, <laughs> like the heart, <laughs> the hearts. The emotional core of what what the story is, you know, and so go there. If yeah, I mean, if you, if for some reason you haven't seen the Lion King, what? (laughs) Go first of all, go watch the animated version first. I'm a person. Yes, if you want to do the live action, sure, it terrified me. And if you ever get the chance, go to Broadway and see that version. That is fucking amazing in theater. So good. Um, But the the core of it is we're watching a young basically it's a coming of age story Mm. and we're watching a young man who lost his father lost his way and then came back right and that is what the core the emotional story is and that's why it's so freaking good and we can watch a story about a whole bunch of lions (laughs) like so yeah so here's some good questions that um alex points out what does your protagonist want and need right that's important to answer How will your audience connect to your story and relate to it? What lessons or moral tales does your story have? And what's the story's theme? You should answer these questions before you go pitching, because these are going to be some important things to share with the buyers. And it's a great way to have them emotionally connect with your story, with your idea, with your project. If they emotionally connect to that, they're more inclined to want to tell your story. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great advice. Um, there is a tweet from at uh, Selwyn Hines. Um, shout out to you. Please forgive me if I, I said your name wrong. Please <laughs> forgive me. Um, but he is a, a tweet that is featured in this article. And it says, um, that's my first tidbit. You're ready to pitch when you find the emotional center of the story and your connection to it. The story has to turn emotional gears in you. When they turn in you, they're going to turn in your listener. Embrace Period. being vulnerable and you'll pull them in. <laughs> so that's really the heart of it. And honestly, the heart of storytelling. You know what I mean? Like people want to be moved. People want to feel something. People want to see themselves in other other um, stories. Whether they, they, even if you can't see yourself physically, like why am I relating to a singing lion? <laughs> it's because <laughs> the emotional core, like right. that's what it is, you know? So yeah, that's very important. And it's very important to get that across in your pitch so that mm-hmm. people can connect to your story. So the next advice, Allison's giving good advice. Shout out to Alex. Mm -hmm. Um, So prepare for a discussion summary, Q and A, and pitch. Right. So this is where you have to you have to prepare for it all. And basically, in this section of the article. People are like, a lot of times there's questions like, okay, how long should the pitch be? A half an hour, 10 minutes, 20 seconds? And basically the short answer is yes to all of them. You should be able to pitch your story in 20 seconds. You should be able to pitch your story in 10 minutes. You should be able to pitch your story in a half hour. You should be able to be able like, because the reason is you may, like Corey pointed out, she ran into Ava DuVernay at an event she was at, right? So if there's an opportunity for you to pitch, you have to, those people are moving quickly, mm-hmm. you know? And depending on how it's set up, 
you have to be like, hey, I have a great project. This is why it's important. It's the core. Would love to get your feedback. Maybe we can set up something or whatever. Quick. You have to be quick. You don't have time to, be, to give them a 30, wait, let me go get my power presentation. Hold on. Like, no, they gone. Girl, no. And they don't know, girl, bye. <laughs> like, that's why you have to be quick to be able to get to the emotional core, get to the idea, and have those different pitches ready, right? The reason why they call it an elevator pitch is because you might get into an elevator with somebody. If you're trapped in there, how do you sell your how do you sell your pitch, right? Okay. How do you get that going? Um, so yeah, they said it's always good to prepare. Um, here's what Alex says. He says, prepare to sum up your screenplay within 10 seconds, 60 seconds, 10 minutes, and, and 20 minutes plus. Make sure to prepare answers for fundamental questions you may get asked. Prepare for a casual discussion with good answers for such questions as, why did you start this project? What are you trying to say with this story? How many other scripts have you written? What other scripts or projects have you worked on, et cetera? You know, so they want to know, okay, how experienced are you, right? That's going to that's gonna figure out, okay, do they, you know, will they um, pair you up with another screenwriter or maybe somebody else if they really like your idea to push it forward? Because experience they like they like the idea of you being experienced and know yeah. that you have something under your belt and if you're not experienced maybe there's a way they can still work with you if you answer some of these questions very well and you impress them you never know mm -hmm. you know um what are you trying to say with your story right like that's important because they know in order to sell these stories they have to get to the audience's emotional core they have to relate quickly to it and if they can't they're not going to waste their time showing trying to, you know, sell a story that they know is not sellable and it doesn't have a core. Like that's just facts to it. Now, if you believe in your story, please keep going, but be able to be prepared. The whole point is to prepare yourself for these questions and not going naive and just be like, oh, it's just so great. Be prepared. Be ready for these questions when they come up. Um, another quote, um, that we get from Twitter that Alex included in here is from at Shane and Swift, or excuse me, Shannon and Swift. Um, you should have all these versions available in your head. Should be able to talk about it for 20 minutes or summarize in 60 seconds. Generally, they give you an hour for your meeting, 10 minute chat, chit chat beforehand, 20 minute for the pitch, then time for Q and A. And you want to leave that and gives a so for Q&A, because that's when they will ask you all those questions, really get a sense of who you are, really get a sense of your story and like really kind of get to the nitty gritty of it. So that's actually very helpful for especially for people who haven't been in a pitch before. It kind of is like, OK, this is kind of like a template that we can use when we, you know, when we pitch our stuff, you know, and amen, everybody will get in the room, be able to pitch their stuff. Period. Amen. So, um, and the last thing um, that Alex says is like, be calm, be collected and be confident, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, for me, even like, it can be really scary, particularly if you are invested in, you've been working so hard on a story, mm -hmm. you want to get it done, you want to get it sold, and you're in front of these people, and you're trying to stay calm and collected. I know for me, it takes me a while. You you will hear a shake in the voice, even in this podcast. It's just me, Corey, and Mac, who are amazing, but like, you know, sometimes I get all flustered and scary. It's and it's fine. Yes, that happens. But being confident is 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 something you need to portray as you are pitching your story so alex says having clear engaging and confident presentational skills can really help with what you are saying it makes people see that you really believe in what you're talking about which might make them more willing to believe in it too being confident isn't necessarily all about putting on a show it's most importantly about knowing what you are talking about lack of information and preparation almost always leads to a lack of confidence um on that note here are some things you can do to be more confident in your pitch so i like i like that point like being prepared is is what will bring the confidence. And the first mm -hmm. thing you point out is prepare, prepare, prepare. You can never over prepare. Just prepare all the time for your pitch. And he ain't lying. He is not lying. <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Lying. And honestly, that's that is true for everything. Like you get more confident with your writing the more you write, the more you practice. Exactly. You get more confident in, you know, whatever sport that is, whatever you're training for. You got to train, you got to practice. You got to take that time to put in that work in. And there's no difference in screenwriting and in pitching. Um the next thing he says is take part in pitching events and competitions to gain some real world experience. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to see other people mess it up and be like, "Ooh, let's take a note. We're not doing it that way." Ta-ta. <laughs> no, no. 
not at all. And also get different ranges of pitching, right? Like recently, because I always get obsessed with the show, usually reality TV, but I just got back into Shark Tank and they are essentially pitching their products to other right. sharks so that they can invest in them. And pretty much that's what you're doing with your story, with your pilot, whatever you are trying to sell this to them. Right. So they have different, you know, a lot of them is like, you know, and there's more, but wait, you know, very silly and corny, but sometimes it can be effective because it's also entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. Some, it's so silly that it's like, oh, okay. Like you're making them laugh. You're, you're sucking them into your story. You're like showing off your product. Like, and that's, how you should be with your pitching you know what i mean you should suck right. them in you should entertain them at times but really uh sell yourself and mm -hmm. your story because they're they're buying it all <laughs> you know exactly. they're buying it all um look into techniques you can use to effectively communicate with your words and body language right so for those of us who are shy and afraid it's again going back to preparing do this pitch for family and friends. Do this pitch for people who you trust. They can give you feedback. You know, it's a safer space. You can just practice that way. Mm -hmm. And even other writers, that if you're in another writer's group, if you trust them and they, you know, they're on your side, practice, practice, practice in front of people. Don't feel ashamed that you have to practice. We all have to prepare. Practice makes perfect. Period. <laughs> like, do not feel ashamed. And be prepared for questions you may get asked in your pitch, right? So yeah, they're going to ask a bunch. Woo! And, you know, sometimes, like, one thing I've learned also, whether it's in pitch or real life, they were like, if you don't know, just say that and say you'll get them information, right? Mm -hmm. You can get back to them. But it's always best to be like, okay, what kind of questions will I get and how will I answer them and have an answer that's not bullshit, quite frankly, like an answer that is solid and that will portray that you're confident and you're, you're forward thinking because you've already thought about what they may ask to you and you know that you can um, answer their question. And they know that if they work with you along this project, you'll be prepared, right? Mm -hmm. It's not easy creating anything in this town. It's not easy. No. So if you're gonna go through that long process, you wanna work with people that you know will be problem solvers, will be kind, who will be respectful, who will be nice, who you would want to spend a whole bunch of time with because mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes, it's like some shoots are so long. Sometimes they're fast, but you're like in an enclosed, like you're close to people for a long time. Right. So you don't, you don't want to be with somebody who's not That's prepared, annoying. who's annoying. You just want to throw the whole person away. Just, um, you know, and that, and in this space you invest money. So it, if you if, if there's a problem you can't solve, you're losing money every day and time. Mm -hmm. So it's important that you they know that they can trust you to help put your idea out there and that they believe in your idea as well. So it's super, right. super important. Don't be ashamed to prepare for anything. Um, here's a last tweet um, at Brian the Ward Hill. Oh. Brian Edward Hill, child, <laughs> okay. reading today is fundamental. Um, so, yes, um, Hollywood is often a place full of nervous, erratic energy. <laughs> Yeah. Brian, you better read the chakras and the oars. Um, being, right. being calm can be a, a ooh a gravitational pull because sometimes you might be the only calm person in the process, demonstrating that part of your nature that calm facility with uh, storytelling can be very helpful. Oh, go off, Brian. Okay. okay. I like that. That is in this article. If y'all want to read, I'll read that again. Hollywood is often a place full of nervous, erratic energy. Being calm can have a, a gravitational pull because sometimes you might be the only calm person in the process, demonstrating that part of your nature, that calm facility with storytelling can be very helpful. Yes. That's a word for real. Like, please don't be at just, just yeah. stay calm. <laughs> don't act crazy don't act crazy and you know what he's right like there's a lot of people like i don't know why it, maybe it's agents but like depending on where you are it's a lot of high pressure and it brings a lot of anxiety about a lot of people and the way you know there's a lot of fear <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. i mean and people can be driven by fear and if you're the one that's like hey everybody this is the plan this is how we're gonna do it it's be... it's a great gift <laughs> because sometimes not everybody is rational <laughs> mm -hmm. that you work with and they have different energies and they're, you know, different, you know, um, motives pulling them. You know what I mean? So that can be a great tool when they see like, oh, that person is calm. And let's work with them because 
I don't know, Jimmy over here uh, freaking out. <laughs> Jimmy over here freaking out, and uh, he's doing too much. And he's releasing the funds, so we right. need to get somebody that that is calm and collected. Okay, You're so not doing a lot. yes, so that is a great tweet. Check it out in the article. Um, but yeah, in conclusion, prepare, prepare, prepare. Do not be um, prideful. Do not feel ashamed. And also you're telling your story. So you want to just make sure that you are as confident as possible pitching your story, whether it's 10 seconds, 60 seconds, a whole 20 minute or an hour pitch. You want to be prepared when you get in the room. So, um, yeah, that's that's about it. I think these are all like amazing, amazing advice. If you guys have advice out there, you know, hit us up on all the socials and everything. Tell us what are some of your best pitching tips. Um, Excuse me. And. Yeah. And also, I mean, now that we're in the age, even though, you know, we're still in the pandemic, people are pitching in Zoom, right? Now you might have to pitch in different ways that you might not be used to. You know what I mean? So any advice on how to pitch, how to pitch in Zoom or how to pitch in the room, if there's even a difference? Like if you guys have more information, please share. We love to hear it and we love to hear from you. Um, And yeah, check out Alex's article, ScreenCraft. Again, we're going to have the link in the description is really dope. Um, yeah. And before I move on, Court, is there anything you, you want to add? I think Alex did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think he really did a great job and mm-hmm. he grabbed some really good pieces from the Twitters. Yeah. So I didn't, you know, read them crazy, but that's okay. We're here. No. I mean, <laughs> this is a great article. Very good yep. information about pitching. And I don't disagree with anything, and that is not normal. Yes. Yes. You need not disagree with anything. <laughs> But, yeah, I think they really touched on all the points. Mm -hmm. And that last tidbit about being calm Mm. was very much needed. Yes. I hate erratic ass motherfuckers. (laughs) Because, like, you can't put that energy on me, child. I'm over here trying to chill. Yeah. And that's the thing. That energy is contagious. It is contagious. One erratic person can make the whole room feel crazy. Just nuts. And just can make the whole room just be at a place it doesn't need to be. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, i yeah and that's important in pitching i think yeah and i understand it can be hard to not be calm when you're mm-hmm. pitching because it's nerve-wracking but just try yeah yeah just try yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just try yes i don't know what you gotta do but just figure it out yeah and do it works for you yeah but anyways mr fine alex Edge. okay <laughs> we'll see you bro you did a great job on mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Second all of that. Mm-hmm. Second all of that. Yes, sir. And uh, we can move right into our niggas you should know. Yeah. And I think Judith has one. I didn't even do mine today. It's but all good. And just anything. Just know all the niggas. <laughs> Facts. That's my tidbit. <laughs> but Judith has a really great one, and we'll let her take that over. Yeah. So, yeah. Nicholas Pinnock, we just read that he's going to be in the Muhammad Ali um, biopic that we read yes. earlier. Um, if you haven't known of his work he is in a uh, top boy which is a channel for a uh, british show i bl- i want to say that drake might be behind that show yeah or? he's behind top boy okay cool he's behind anything that has to do with any accent okay <laughs> truly and i love you for this drake i love you for it drake yeah so <laughs> um and he's also um in the american uh legal drama for life i don't know if that um is still on what i have that? to double oh, check i think it was on fox for a little okay. bit yeah but yeah he is um yeah he is he was born in london and spent his early childhood living in saudi arabia interesting <laughs> Yeah, on his return. Yeah, that's interesting. On his return to England, he was enrolled at the Corona Stage Academy at at the age of 12. Um, And, you know, he did some, he made his professional debut landing several jobs as a model and child actor and Mm. advertisements, music videos, film and television. So he's been working for a a while. Um, He attended a three-year musical theater course at the London Studios uh, Center. And after his first year, he decided acting was his first love. And in the following years, concentrated on drama and contemporary dance. Okay, come on, dancing. Okay. Um, after graduating, Pinyak, uh joined uh, Lee Anderson's contemporary dance company, um, Go Off. Um, and yeah, so he has many talents. Okay. 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 We like it. I love that. I love that for him. So yeah, um, he was also um, appeared... In the 2011 summer blockbuster, Captain America, the first Avenger as a shield tech. Um, 
Yeah. And um, after the 2011 uh, England riots in London, Pinnock appeared in the BBC docudrama The Riots in their own words, The Rioters. Uh, the following year, he portrayed the role of Evan in the ITV drama, and that's also a, a British uh, television network, uh, The Ice Cream Girls, a three-part drama aired in April in 2013. Hey, the Ice Cream Girls. Come on, Ice Cream Girls. Um, yeah, and then, of course, we are known him for being the lead actor in Wallace in For Life, an American legal drama television series created by Hank Steinberg and executive produced by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Oh, <laughs> um, It ran for two seasons. Oh, and actually premiered on ABC, not Fox. So I had the wrong network. Um, in 20, uh, May 2021, Pinnock was cast as John Ellis and Django in the upcoming TV series for Sky and Canal Plus alongside uh, Nomi Rapace, Mathis, Ooh, I'm going to mess these names up. And Lisa Vicari. So that's interesting. I didn't know they're going to do Django again, a TV series what? by Leonardo Fasolio and Madalena. I might say Leonardo DiCaprio going to be in it again. No. So it's an English language reimagining of the 1966 film of the same name. Ooh. I didn't know there was a 1956 name. I'm, I'm, I'm known about the... Quentin Tarantino yeah, no, one. No, 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 it's Quentin Tarantino, but so this was a TV Read series. Read me for feels. Yeah, Get me together. So uh, the series takes place in an old western from the 1860s to the 1870s. Django finds his way to a new Babylon, a city found by John Ellis, where all manner of outcasts are welcome, regardless of their background or beliefs. So yeah, it's giving mm-hmm. western. Um, I'm trying to see if it's connected to the movie, but this will be, um, I think, in the UK as a tv series okay shout out to him and of course we're going to watch out for him in the um muhammad ali uh yes so yeah super excited for him um nicholas andre pinniak you are a nigga you should know congrats on all the success and yeah i can't wait to see so much more that'll definitely come from him me too yes yeah that was it. That's mm-hmm. the only nigga that you should know. And then all the other niggas yes. know them. <laughs> <laughs> Just know Period. every black person in the world. Period. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that is the end of our episode here on Tinseltown Tea. Yes. We are at Tinseltown Tea on all the things. Mm-hmm. And we hope we know. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. hope around here. We be knowing hey. that you gain something from this episode. And uh, get your pictures ready, y'all. Okay. okay. Because uh, it's going to be your time soon. Mm-hmm. If it ain't already your time. Right. It's coming. <laughs> it is. My God. It's the coming. So yeah, get your pictures together, friends, and stay black and beautiful. That's right. Prepare, prepare, prepare. We got this, y'all. We sure do. All right. Bye. Bye.